This is Beards for Radio, a Sasha and Joe podcast. So we want to start today with the freshest news in uh, our world. You know, we both uh, care the most about our college basketball teams. At least I can say I do. And um, Sasha, the biggest news of the week is Jawan Howard uh, was named the head basketball coach at your University of Michigan men's basketball program. So with you being the our, uh, resident Wolverines fan as it is, uh, I'll let you take it away. I have a lot of people are like left and right on this one. You know, they're all for it. They're all against it. Me, I'm like, I have <clears throat> very reserved about it. I have mixed emotions, right? Yeah. On one hand, on one hand you know, this is Juwan Howard's first head coaching job, and he gets a pretty good head coaching job. Usually you see these guys start down at the high school sector, work their way up, whatever and whatnot. I mean – you know, it's it's Javon Howard. You know, he's an NBA player, yeah, but still, there's a lot of NBA players do do not start off as being a head coach at a University of Michigan. But then again, I feel like, you know, because you look at John Beeline, like John Beeline started from the bottom and worked his way up into the NBA. And, you know, what is experience for Beeline? Beeline's experience was as a coach, you know, could we sit here and sit back and say, you know, well, Jawan Howard's only had, you know, assistant experience in the NBA as a coach, but he's been a basketball player his whole life. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like through the high school sector, through the college sector, I'm sure he caught on to coaches coached the way coaches respond to players and the way players respond to their coaches. I'm sure he saw, he started seeing that in high school. I'm sure he definitely saw it in college. And he obviously, and, and you know, wherever John Howard went, no one ever said anything bad about him. He's been a consummate professional, he's been a consummate uh, um, <clears throat> a teammate, you know, a player's coach. You, you know, you know, you want that, you know what I'm saying? So, was experience, you know what I'm saying? This experience has been building up so long for him through high school, through college, through the pros. You know, he was on, you know, uh, Miami squad. He's under Eric Spolstra. Mm-hmm. He's getting, you know, and everyone's saying, well, what, how's he going to, you know, register with these young kids? Well, um, he just got endorsed by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade pretty much. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's getting yeah. endorsed on TV by Chris Webber and Jalen Rose, you know. Uh so it's not like he's not able to recruit these young guys who might not have been around before the fan five. I get it. You know what I'm saying? But then on the other side, other hand, uh, other side for me, as I do look at it is what if he doesn't have the experience as a head coach? What if he doesn't build rapport with these kids? What if he's not the greatest of scouters? You know what I'm saying? So I'm very, has big mixed emotions on it. He has five years. Um, I, I obviously I hope it goes the way I want it to go, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and and I hope the rivalry, in say rivalry, rivalry between Spartans and Wolverines stays stay strong for a long time. You know what I'm saying? And we both continue to put our uh, uh, boots on the throat of uh, a Buckeye. You know, but mm-hmm. I'm just very reserved. I don't know where it's going to go from here. I don't, you know it. A lot of people sit there say a lot of good stuff about him. Like I said, he's endorsed by those players. He was under Eric Spolstra. Eric Spolstra was like an analytics little chess mind kind of guy. So yeah. I don't know what he's off of him, but I, I got to lean to the bright side just a little bit because he's been a good college player. He's been a good high school player. He's been a damn good pro. You know, he's well-liked everywhere he goes. So – you know, can he surprise us? You know, that's the big question. Yeah. And, you know, it's going to go backwards from where it was in in his year one. It's going to go backwards from what John Beeline had. So it's going to require some patience from the university, from the fans, and from him too. Because, look, like, it's, it's difficult to take over a, an established program like Michigan is right now especially considering the fact John Beeline left it after two straight 30-win seasons. And, you know, just 
what John Beeline did as a whole at Michigan. So I think everybody's got to realize, like, it's going to take a step back from what Michigan has been the last two years. I think uh, that's almost a given to me. Um, And that's not all his fault. Like, you know, there's a lot of turnover from the last two rosters. And, you know, he just – it's it's difficult when you're starting your job in late May uh, for the upcoming basketball season. But, yeah, I definitely have some concerns, but there's definitely some upside to it as well. I mean, obviously, he, he was interviewing for NBA coaching jobs. He has the experience of not just getting to the NBA, but staying there for a long time, 19 years as a pro. Um, there's not a lot of – NBA players, even great ones, that last 19 years. So I think that's appealing to uh, kids who obviously want to play in the NBA. Um, yeah, my concerns, I'm just going to kind of like list them off here and then uh, we can we can expand on them. And you, you mentioned a lot of them too. Obviously, no head coaching experience at any level. Like the only time he ran a team himself was the NBA Summer League. Um, it's difficult to replace a legend like John Beeline. Like, this is he's not walking into what Jim Harbaugh walked into taking over for Brady Hoke and Rich Rodriguez. Like Jim Harbaugh was going to was going to do a lot better in year 1 than what his predecessors had been. And then um like he he just aside from when he was recruited himself, he doesn't really have a whole lot of recruiting experience and I'm not sure that the Fab 5 really translates to kids these days, you know, if that's fair. Like, obviously, LeBron James and – yeah. LeBron James and D-Wade, the kids, everyone is going to know who that is. But, you know, the Fab Five played before I was born, so I'm not sure how many high school recruits are hear the names Jalen Rose and Chris Webber and don't view them as TV analysts, you know? Oh, yeah, most, most definitely, because that's all they know them from, you know? So it's like and, – and another thing that kind of bothers me is that it's like, how are you going to how, – how, how is it going to work out with Yaklich now? Because Yaklich went for that head coaching job as well, and he mm-hmm. didn't get it. He got skipped over. So it's like, how does that guy feel? Is he is he a little disgruntled? Is he on board? Is he looking to jump ship after next year? Because, hey, Michigan started to become a, 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 a good defensively once Yaklich stepped in. So Yaklich took right. a step up defensively. So now, where, do, where what happens with Yaklich? Because he is a key to this. He is a big key to this uh, team. So you know, is there going to be an animosity, or they can can they get past it? I don't think so. I think Yaklich is going to tr- go for a head coaching job somewhere else. I think he might go to Texas for a year. Uh, you know, he was interviewing with Shaka Smart. He might he might need like one more high level assistant gig before he can go to a stepping stone head coaching program. Right. Um, but, you know, overall, I do like the Howard, uh, the Howard uh, hire from an outside perspective. Um, like, I think Michigan was going to be in a tough situation regardless of who was coaching next season. Um, that's just my opinion based on the personnel that they have coming back. Um, I think, you know, he's got to be recruiting hard right now for next year's squad because – I just don't think they have a lot of depth for next season. Um, And, you know, people have been making the Penny Hardaway comparisons in Memphis. I don't think Penny Hardaway is really built to last right now because Penny Hardaway is getting all the kids that he coached in AAU, and he didn't coach in AAU for super long. So I feel like once those kids are gone – um, you know, he's not going to have as much recruiting success. Plus, I think they're a little dirty down there in Memphis, um, just based off of history, you know. Um, right. But the question I really have, uh, Sasha, is would Juwan Howard have been considered for the position if he didn't play college basketball at Michigan? Like, say he played at Illinois or Duke or UCLA, uh, just any random school. Do you think he gets this job? You know what, Joe? That that's been muddled around, and no, I don't think he gets it. I honestly don't think he gets it. I think this is a, a, a sexy Harbaugh pick, and this th- that's what also kind of like uh, pushes me towards the dark side, Mister Palpatine. Is that <laughs> is it? Is it just a pick uh, of the name alone? You know what I'm saying? With like 
somewhat success in their line of work. You know what I'm saying? At least Harbaugh, you know, he came in off of two head coaching jobs. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that was, you know, so at least he had a lot of experience before being head coaching and he needed to do two head coaching gigs plus a gig in the NFL before he came to Michigan. So this one, yeah. I that one I can see, okay, I get it. Yeah, this one. But like Jawan, it's not really like that in a, in a sense. It kind of is, but it's not because this guy hasn't had extensive head coaching experience because he's not had head coaching experience. When Fred Hoiberg got the job at his alma mater at Iowa State, he didn't have any head coaching experience either, but he did have experience in NBA front offices and like Juwan Howard, had a very lengthy NBA playing career. And I think Fred Hoiberg is one hell of a coach. That's the guy Nebraska just hired. Um, mm-hmm. So if he, can, if he could, like, learn something from Fred Hoiberg or, like, pick his brain, something like that, I think that would be beneficial. And then, like you said, keeping Saudi Washington and Luke Yaklich could be uh, just uh, – that should be a priority for him. But again, with Luke, uh, with Yaklich, you know, he, like you said, he interviewed for that job and got passed over for this, uh, for this guy who played at Michigan but doesn't have any, uh, any college basketball coaching experience whatsoever. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if Yaklich either bolts, or well, not bolts, because, you know, he's, he's not like, you know, leaving in the middle of the night, but I wouldn't be surprised if Yaklich does take another job elsewhere. Yeah, and like honestly, outside looking, would you blame somebody? Would you blame somebody? That's like that's like Joe. You're working at your you're working at your job for like five, ten years, right? Mm-hmm. And a, a supervisor job comes up, and you're like, oh my god, I'm next in line to get it. I've been here. I've put in my work. I've done my dues. And then they hire someone from the outside who just happens to work at another site. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, in the same company, other site somewhere, you worked previously for them, and they liked the way he rolled. So to get this guy over you, you'd feel animosity, man. And, you know, and I would not blame Yaklich for, you know, saying, hey, you know, all right, man, you know, I, I need to do what's best for me. Because, you know, I, you know, watching the com- watching the NBA Combine or the – I think it was the Combine. I, I caught Beeline in there. And mm-hmm. – um. They, they kind of interviewed Beeline, and he said, you know, it was just my time to go. It was my time to go for Michigan. I felt like we were we were on a, on, a, on another rebuild. And, you know, basically he was, he was saying that, you know, I he always won. His main goal was to get into the NBA. So I can't hate on somebody who wants to fulfill their dreams, who wants to make, who wanted to make more money, get a, get a more substantial role and a better, you know, job. So I don't blame Yaklich or Beeline for wanting to move on. I can't blame them. You know what I'm saying? But I, I do think Beeline would have stayed if those three guys or at least Poole and uh, Brozdikas would have came back because I think them leaving definitely solidified him leaving to the NBA because he was like, you know, nah, I'm on another rebuild. You know, I've yeah. done enough. I mean, the best, best basketball coach that uh, U of them had. I don't care if Steve Fisher has gotten us a, a championship. He hasn't, he hasn't built from the ground up and, uh, and left us with a good foundation to, you know, to, uh, you know, to carry on. But that's on all Jawan Howard's back now, man. And I'm just sitting on the fence, biting my nails, and just going to sit back and watch what happens, to be honest with you. And, you know – I think Beeline has gotten a bit of disrespect, just like on TV. Um, not from the fans. I think Michigan fans have been great and very understanding of Beeline. Um, but they keep – I've heard it multiple times on TV and on the radio that um, Howard is going to turn Michigan basketball around. I've heard that saying a lot. And it's if he turns Michigan basketball around, it's going to be heading in the wrong direction. You know, like Michigan basketball has been doing stuff right for the last 12 years under Beeline. Um, but people people say like, oh, well, Beeline never had a McDonald's All-American recruit. Beeline, um, you know, just it, a lot of it came down to recruiting. And I just think it's kind of superficial because 
like the the percentage of McDonald's All American recruits that actually live up to their potential and those that you know are just okay. Like it's really fifty fifty, you know. So I just feel like people got to be careful about how they talk about Michigan basketball and what John Beeline did for them right now. Like, I don't know. It's, it's just weird to me. Like I've heard that saying so many times and it's not, not that like Howard would do a bad job, but like, you don't want, you don't want to turn it around. You want to like find a way to have some continuity. And I, I think that's why if it were me, I would have more strongly considered uh, Yaklich or even Saudi Washington for the coaching job because you want that staff con- continuity you know like that's really part of the culture that they built at Michigan um, under Beeline well, yeah yeah, and, and with Beeline is the reason why he, uh, it works because he his coaching caters to the modern day NBA yeah. that's why he's had that's why he's had success and had a lot of players go into NBA and you know what? Play basketball and they're they're balling. You know, Lavert. You know, before he got injured, doing good. Mo, Mo Wagner. You know, mm-hmm. what's what's his face? Wilson. He just lost to the Bucks. We'll get to that later. You know, what I'm saying the DJ Wilson. You know, when he goes in, he gets some good minutes. The reason why is he gets these guys ready for the modern-day basketball, that spread-the-floor basketball, that positionless basketball, you know? So it, it works. It works. You're so right. That, you know, it, and I agree with you. you, you you're right. You hear he's going to bring Michigan basketball to back to what it was. What do you mean back to what it was? It, you know, it's doing good right now. Just carry it on. You know what I'm saying? You, you basically got the baton on the last leg of the, uh, of the race, dude, and – you're smoking them. You can take. You can pace yourself. You can go. You know what I'm saying. So it's. I don't know. It just. It, it it's up in the air for me right now, man. I'm just like I said. I'm just gonna sit back and watch because like I'm I'm neither which way with this one. It's just really weird to be. It's like a, I'm like lost in the mist, you know. And um, I don't know what Howard's specific job was for the Heat. Like if he was more offensive centered or defensive centric, or you know a little bit of everything. Like, that's a big part yes. of, a, of a head coach's identity is if they lean more offensive or defensive. So he's going to have to figure that out, too, basically on the fly for the first, uh, you know, first month of practices, first few games, maybe, like, the whole first season as a whole. Um, like, he's, he's going to have to figure out if he's more of an offensive-centered head coach or a defensive-centered head coach, you know? I, I'm curious to see what it does for a, an established point guard like Xavier Simpson. Hmm. You know, like with with um, with Juwan Howard. Juwan Howard was to me was always like kind of like the be- the beginning of that under un- undersized big man. You know, he was like six eight, six nine. But he played forward, right? So, mm-hmm. like, he he was that everything guy. He was kind of like the beginnings of a dream on to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, he did everything. You know, didn't didn't, didn't run the, didn't get run the floor like Draymond knew that. You know, but but he was he was he was a role player. He knew his role and he and he played it well. He played it really well. So, I, I think I think what you're gonna see is just an all around game from everybody. That's what I'm hoping to see because that's what Jawan Howard was. He was like an all-around baller. You know what I'm saying? He did. He didn't do everything. Right. Anything, yeah. One thing spectacular. He did everything and well. Think, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think it might. It could be either really good or really bad for him, or not really bad, but it could be a bit of a hindrance having a a point guard that has been that's going into his third year of starting and has had a lot of success under the previous coach. And now you're coming in, uh, you know, Juwan Howard, if you're coming in, you really got to make sure your relationship with Xavier Simpson is, you know, just aces from day one. Cause you know, Xavier's I'm, I'm just like making stuff up here. Like I'm not saying this is going to happen obviously, right. but like, say like there is like a, a little bit of a dispute 
between Simpson and Howard, like if there's like a power struggle or something. Again, I'm not saying this is going to happen. I'm just uh, speculating. Like, how do you think the other players on the team would lean with um, the head coach that didn't recruit them, didn't coach them for the first couple years of their careers at Michigan, um, and, you know, just came in and got this job with no prior head coaching experience? Or would they – go with someone who's been leading them into battle, led them to a national championship game and a Big Ten tournament title game, two Big Ten tournament title games. No, three. Sorry, three Big Ten tournament title games. You know, say, like, there is a bit of a spat and power struggle at some point in the season. Like, how do you think the players would lean, with Simpson or with Howard? I, I would oh, be they, able to say with Simpson. I think, I think it's, it's going to be a, um, a fine line from young men to walk. You know what I'm saying? But – I think it, it, it may never get to that point. It may never get to that point, but if it does, I think I think that I, I think everybody be professional about it. I think Javon Howard's probably been in that situation tenfold. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, so I think he he he'd handle it he'd handle it gracefully. So um, I, I hope it doesn't happen because I don't think I don't think Xavier Simpson's that that kind of person. You know what I'm saying? I'm, you know, I'm sure they right, find a middle a middle road middle ground if you get to. Yeah, and I don't either. We just saw last night that the claw is a flipping beast. You know what I'm saying? But on the other hand, you know, no one's been. Everyone's kind of put the uh, the Golden State Warriors in the back of their mind because they swept Portland. You know, and I said it. They're gonna sweep Portland. They've done it before. You know, they're gonna sweep Portland. They're gonna get to it. Day Day wants to prove to everybody that they can do it without KD. They can do without him, and he 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 you know he's dropping triple doubles. He's running the court, high engine. He's even you know I watched a, a video where I, I forget what player he's talking to. He's like he's like because the guy was down on himself. He has missed a shot. He's like you missed a shot. He's like I missed a shot too. He turned. He looked at Clay. He's like Clay, you missed a shot. He's like yeah yeah. He's like I guarantee he missed a shot. He missed a shot. So we all missed a shot. We're off today. You just got to keep on going, bro. Just keep on going. And that was just like. That's the dream on you love, you know what I'm saying? You know, not, not the not, not the not the karate kick to the balls, uh, uh, dream on you love that dream on that high intensity, you know, flow. And you know, then they sweep these guys, and then they're gonna sit there and make you know beats off of Fergie's voice for the next week while they watch, <laughs> uh, while they watch, you know, uh, Kawhi Leonard, you know, basically exhaust himself to beat the Bucks. You know what I'm saying? And, and like, I th- I think that. The Warriors are going to win it in six, but I think that it's going to take more than just what Kawhi can do, and I just don't think they have the power to match, you know, the second best, third, fourth, fifth best, best player on Golden State, 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 Golden State, especially if KD, uh, uh, KD, and uh, um, Iguodala, you know, come back and play. I just, I don't think anybody else can take it over. I don't think Van Fleet's gonna be able to bust it on Curry. And, you know, Curry's not even a good defender, uh, or Clay. You know what I'm saying? Because Clay's gonna be on one of those guys. Because you know that dang well that uh, Dre or Iggy or KD are gonna be on rotating off and on on uh, on Kawhi Leonard. So it's like I don't see Van Fleet busting off. I don't see Siakam doing it. Um, Marcus Saul was quiet yesterday, except for that one three at the end of the game. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like I, I I feel like they they can do it if they get the willpower to do it and they have the right person, you know, that, that that's the tip of the spear and he was leading the way in Kawhi. But I just think the Warriors are just way too much to handle. Right. I mean, they're they're the Warriors, you know. So uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You you think it's going to be Warriors in a sweep? Six. In six? Okay, that's what I was thinking too. Um, do you think Milwaukee would have been a, a bigger challenge for them? No. No, okay. not, not, after, not, not, not after I've seen what I saw the last four games out of um, uh, Giannis. Giannis was not Giannis. Giannis was timid Antetokounmpo. That, that's, that, that's what I saw. He was very timid. He didn't – you know what I'm saying? He wasn't going to the rack hard. And then he was like – every time he got bumped, it looks like he was – he was even getting bumped by smaller dudes and they're knocking him around, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, 
what what really surprised me is how good Malcolm Brockton is, how how high paced and and how much he brought his level up. Malcolm Brockton just rose his stock up. He's a free agent next year, you know what I'm saying? And if if they don't gobble him up, man, it's it might be a good pickup for somebody because Malcolm Brockton brought his stock up stock up as did Fred Fred Van Fleet. He, he, he was hitting uh, shots, uh, you know, when it was needed because Kawhi looks winded out there. And, and it's crazy because you look at Kawhi in the third quarter, and you're like, dude, this guy just looks like he has nothing in the tank, and he just saves it for the fourth like it was nobody's business. The fourth comes in and just uh, something clicks in his head where he knows that it's, you know, it's make or break. So yeah. I, I think I think Milwaukee wouldn't. Uh, if Jadis would have playing like he was all year, I don't know where he went. You know what I'm saying? Because Brooks Lopez stepped up. Brooks Lopez wasn't playing bad basketball. Giannis, even though he got what he got, he just he just looked so discombobulated and confused out there when he got the ball. You know, so I I, I think that I think that the right team got in, and and rightfully so. I think. Janice just dropped, you know, just dropped the ball, dude. Like, yeah. And, and, and he walked yesterday. He walked off on. You see, he walked off on the conference. So it's like he, he also needs some growing up to do. Everybody loves Janice for his attitude and his work ethic, but he's still a young man, and he has a long way to go in this league. And he has, you know, his ceiling still so high. So um, it's gonna be a good. It's gonna be a good uh, finals. But I think, like I said, I think Warriors and six. Yeah, and I think it'll be Warriors in six, too, but I think it'll be a competitive six. I don't think it's going to be what we've seen the last couple of years where um, it just – the last couple of years, the finals were over before they started. Cleveland had no shot. I think right now Kawhi Leonard is better than LeBron James was the last two years, and I think that their supporting cast is a lot better. You know, Kyle Lowry, he's been having a really good playoffs these, this season. Like, he's been playing really smart. I think he's gotten over, like, the game one hump that kind of haunted him in the past where he would come out kind of slow in series beginners. Um, like, look, I think Kawhi, every time he's on the floor, he's going to be guarded by either Draymond or Clay, uh, both all defensive team players year in and year out. So it's going to challenge him. But remember, I this is what I'm most excited to see. The first year that they had Durant, they swept their first three series. And then, you know, they lost one game all playoffs. But the game one of the Western Conference Finals, when they played the Spurs, who were basically Kawhi Leonard, old Manu Ginobili, old Tony Parker, and, like, no one else. Yep, I believe the Spurs were up by, like, 20 points when Kawhi hurt his ankle. Uh, or something like that, but it was it was in the second half, and he hurt his ankle, and the Warriors ended up sweeping them. And the last three games were not competitive at all, and obviously that led to the whole uh, disputes between Kawhi and the rest of the Spurs organization that went on for the whole following season. I think you know, as quiet as he is, he's got some anger towards Golden State, even though Zaza Pachulia is now gone. I think he's got some resentment towards Golden State, and he's going to bring everything he's got for the first the first game I'm very excited to see. It's going to be very hyped for me. Um, and look, um, the Raptors, they lost the first two games to Milwaukee, and I I really thought the series was over when they lost game two by 22 points. But they rattled off four straight wins against a team that hadn't lost three straight all season. So – I'm interested to see uh, who's playing for the Warriors. We're not sure if KD will play or Iguodala um, or Cousins. You know, we're not sure when we're going to see those players. But um, I said it a, a, f- a few episodes ago when we had Mike on that, Ka- in my opinion, Kawhi Leonard was the best player in the playoffs. And I stand by that wholeheartedly. Um, I picked them. I picked the Raptors to win <laughs> to win it all. That that episode but that was when we all thought the Warriors weren't going to make it because <laughs> you know we were just wishful thinking but yeah I, I really like the way the roster the Raptors roster is put together I like Van Vliet and Siakam and Norman Powell at times and Serge Ibaka 
And then, you know, you add in the big three of Kawhi and Lowry and Gasol. They have a lot of players who at one point were all, de- all NBA defensive team type players. Yeah, I just don't think that no, – no one can step up like Kawhi can step up. You know what I'm saying? Like, like usually if – if and and I, I doubt I doubt that KD is going to be out long. You know what I'm saying? Plus, plus Iggy's going to try to come back in. I I, I kind of wrote off Cousins a long time ago. Um, but if like if if Curry's not hitting, Clay's hitting. You know what I'm saying? Or or uh, Draymond is stepping up like he has, or Iggy can even shoot. Iggy's shooting it like above fifty percent clip this playoff. Yeah, uh, from three point land. So it's like. I feel like if one guy goes off, there's another guy that can pop, you know, right back up and spark it. I don't feel like there's a guy that can do that for Toronto. Maybe Lowry, you know, but, uh, you know, track record, you know, I don't see him doing it consistently. And I don't see anyone else doing it consistently like uh, uh, Kawhi has been doing. And, like, it, it's just being crazy because Kawhi's shot's been, like, hitting, like, almost, like, every corner of the – Every corner of the rim, the backboard, like rattling in, it's just like the guy has just been on a tear. Yeah, and um, I just don't think that no no one else can step up for Toronto the way they they're gonna have to step up against the Warriors. You know, right? And I get that. And again, I think I think this is how the series is gonna go. Warriors take first two, uh, Raptors take two at home, and then the last two go to the Warriors. Um, yeah, I think so too. And. Another key factor for the Raptors is that aside from Kawhi and uh, Serge Ibaka, I don't think any of the other players on the roster have been to the NBA Finals before. Uh, unless unless Mark Gasol went a long time ago, but I don't I don't think so. No, no, I don't think Mark Gasol's ever been. Paul, Paul, but, uh, time, but Paul, yeah, Paul for sure, for sure, Paul has. But you know, yeah, I just I, I think. The Warriors are just too strong, and if KD comes back, you know, good night. Yeah, good night. And um, if if Kawhi does win a championship with Toronto, I, I I feel like that he'll leave, and he'll go to the West Coast, and he'll go win one wherever he's at, dude. If this guy can go win like three championships and you know three different places, you know, anybody can do it. It's Kawhi at this moment. Yeah. You know, but free agency this year is going to be very interesting because there's a lot of sneaky free agents and a lot of big-name free agents. So we're going to see some shakeup in the NBA this year, man. But Warriors and six, I, I got to stand by it. You know, even as even, even as how good Kawhi has been playing, he's been playing out of his mind. Out of his mind, dude, like – it's it's gonna be it's gonna be something to behold. I can't wait to watch the uh, the finals. I think it starts Thursday, I believe. Thursday the thirtieth. Yep, Thursday night. And you know, it's it's not just the Warriors' talent that makes them the great uh, franchise that they are. I mean, obviously, if you have the talent that they do, it, it doesn't hurt at all. But they're also such a smart team as well. Like uh, just the way that they're coached. But I'm just scrolling right now through uh, just you know sports headlines. I came across this one. I just want to like throw it on you real quick. Who do the, who do the Warriors need more, Kevin Durant or Draymond Green? Okay. Every team needs a glue. Every team needs a glue. Draymond is the glue. You know what I'm saying? Draymond does the stuff that no one else wants to do. Draymond goes in there and he bangs with the big dudes. He puts his body on the line. He's running the floor. I'm not saying KD doesn't do that, but to me, the Warriors were going to win before KD. They're going to win with him. And if they keep the core they had before him, they'll win after him. It doesn't matter. It's just the way that these guys play ball. They have some kind of – they have a certain synergy. They understand each other. They grew up together, essentially. You know what I'm saying? They all got drafted, Yeah. you know, they all grew up together. This is this is something a little more than that. That's why, you know, when Draymond called KD, you're a bitch. If you want to leave, leave. We're good without you. We'll be good with you. We'll be good without you. Before you, doesn't matter. Leave. That's how much confidence 
that man has in the relationship and the and the and the, I don't know the 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 camaraderie he has with his guys that he can tell probably one of the best the top three dudes in the league. You're a bitch. Leave. We don't need you. Think about that, dude. Just think about that for a second. That's huge. Tell one of the best players, if not at the time, best player. We don't need you. Get the fuck on, dude. Go to some team. We'll beat your ass then. That's what I love about Draymond, dude. That he does not back down. Does not back down from a fight, dude. And and he'll back up his players and he'll pick up his players. Like I said, the little speech about missing. Y'all did it, dude. Move on from it. You know what I'm saying? Draymond is the glue. KD can walk on. You want someone like like Draymond. You want somebody to go to war with. And Draymond's one of those players where everybody wants him in their corner when you're about to go to battle. That's simple. That's simple. It's a simple question. Yeah, and that's exactly what I was going to say, too. They were successful before KD. They're successful with KD. And, you know, they're even if they lose two or three players off this year's team, they're going to be successful without him. Um, and, you know, when Draymond came in, you know, his rookie season, they made the playoffs for the first time in a while and lost in the first round. Next year, they got to the second round and lost. Um, and then it was after that that they've been making the finals every single year and winning championships. Like, you know, before they got KD, they won an NBA championship and then won 73 games in the regular season the next season and were another game away from winning their second championship. So, yeah, I'd have to, I'd have to wholeheartedly agree. You're just saying that, Joe, because he's from Michigan State. I know you. Yeah, and I'm, I've got his, his autograph <laughs> hanging up right next to me. <laughs> oh, by as much? <laughs> <laughs> for sure. I, I'm not going to hide it. I'm not going to hide it. I, I shamelessly cheer for the, the Warriors a lot uh, since they drafted Draymond. Hey, man, don't feel bad. I shamelessly cheer for the Patriots. So, hey, we're in like, the same boat. <laughs> Well, let's say let's say Kawhi Leonard does re-sign with the Raptors long term, and KD does go to the Knicks. Look at what's building in the East with the the Bucks, the Sixers, the Raptors, and possibly the Knicks if they could get KD or and or Kyrie. Right. I mean, it's, it's something to behold, but I I do think that Kyrie is going to LA to play with. Big brother LeBron, I think that's what the whole apology started off with. And um, and I play a lot of NBA 2K, and I remember a few years ago before uh, Kyrie got traded to, because Kyrie plays a lot of NBA 2K, mm-hmm. if you go online, if you actually run into him in the park, they um, they give actual NBA players that play the game, they give them like a little, like an actual, like the, like the NBA, um, the NBA logo, they'll put it like, floating above their heads, so you know those are actual NBA players that play. And Kyrie's heavy in the game. And when he was in Cleveland, he had all he put um, his NBA 2K, 2K player in all Boston gear. And next thing you know, the dude's in Boston. Well, about a week ago, he has this guy at all in L.A. Lakers gear. So it's, it's a lot of people thinking it's confirmed, you know, unofficially confirmed. But you know, if it if he did it for Boston, what makes anybody think he's not going to do it for LA too? So I, I honestly do think he's going to LA because you know he's a weirdo like that. Yeah, he, he'll announce it that way. Well, also he hasn't really done much in his career without LeBron, so right. he might. He probably needs LeBron as just as much, if not more, than LeBron uh, needs Kyrie in LA. So. And I do think Kawhi will go to L.A., uh, but not the Lakers. I think he'll go to the Clippers. Clips. I think so, too. Joe, I agree with you, too. I think he's going to go to the Clippers. Just, just seeing, like, how the Clippers played the Warriors in the first round. Like, they were, they were more competitive against the Warriors than anybody else has been in, in these playoffs so far. And they did it without a real star player. Like, they had Patrick Beverly and um, I think Shea Gilgis-Alexander. I can't really name a whole lot of players on their team. Lou, they had a sweet Lou, but he comes out the bench as a six, six man. Yeah, they're, they're you know uh, Danilo Gallinari. They're like you're right. They're like one good wing player <laughs> away from just winning that series, and that, that wing player could have been you know Kawhi. So yeah, I, I wouldn't see it. Kawhi, you know, he's from Compton. Probably wants to go back home. 
retire, you know. Yeah. You know, uh, in the Sunshine State, so he's, you know, closer to family, closer to his roots. Totally understand it. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if um, he goes that way. But I, I don't think he's staying in Toronto. No. I think I think if – I think, like, if he wins one for Toronto, dude, that guy – you know, they'll probably put a statue up of him. He might be able to have dual citizenship at that <laughs> point. But I do think I do think he goes back to the sunshine sunshine statement. And if you're to if you're a Raptors fan, you you take this like you weren't going to get back to you weren't going to get to the NBA Finals if you stayed with the roster that you had. Like they made a lot of bold moves, not just the Kawhi Leonard trade, but getting rid of Dwayne Casey and bringing in Nick Nurse. Um, if you're a Raptors fan, like, you're not upset, even if Kawhi does leave after this season, that you traded DeMar DeRozan and uh, Jakob Pertl in a first-round pick for, for one season of Kawhi Leonard, because this, this is just far and away the best season that the Raptors have had in their history, and they wouldn't be they wouldn't be there without Kawhi Leonard. So I think if if Kawhi does move on, I think maybe they should think about trading a few of their players like Lowry and uh, Ibaka and think about building around like Siakam and Van Vliet and um, maybe like anybody that they can draft. You know, that's just my opinion. But yeah, I think the risk paid off for them handsomely, uh, going out to get a generational player. Uh, and letting a local legend, you know, nice player in DeMar DeRozan go for this great once-in-a-lifetime player. Yeah, and, like, what a set of balls that president of basketball has. I can't think of his name. He's the uh, – Masai Ujiri. Yeah, Masai. Is he, uh, yeah, I don't know. Is he from he, – he, he sounds like he's not from America. I think he's from Africa. Is he from an African country? I'll look that up. Yeah, but, you know, well-spoken well, well dude. What a set of fucking balls he has on him to make a move like that, to fire the coach of the year. You know what I'm saying? And like you said, get rid of a local legend like Demar. You know what I'm saying? You know what a set that dude had on him to like go against everybody's narrative to you know to go against the grain and say, Nah, I think you know we're this person away from getting to the finals. And you know, Dwayne Casey kind of ran his course. So like, dude, like big ups to that dude, straight up, man. That's the smart thing to do. I mean, looking at it now, he's Nigerian and he's only 48 years old. Um, as a young, yeah. So, you know, we've seen it so many times where like a team has a really good regular season is the number one seed, uh, but doesn't really succeed in the playoffs. And they're like, Oh, well, we just got to keep pushing that. You know, we just got to keep digging away at it. Like, yeah, like you said, you got to respect the balls on him to not not only fire the coach of the year, but trade away uh, one of the fan favorites that uh, has been there for a long time. It reminds me of what um, What's-His-Face did in Boston. Uh, it, it hasn't worked out nearly as well, but, you know, um, trading away Isaiah Thomas, who was injury-prone and was due a, a huge pay raise for Kyrie. And then, you know, that same offseason uh, flipping – I think the number three pick or the number one pick, the number three pick and getting Jason Tatum instead of uh, Markel Fultz. Right. Right. Dude, that's crazy. Cause imagine Markel Fultz landed there with his whole like shoulder injury thing. Right. But I've been disaster. Um, but yeah, again, I think warriors and six, but it's going to be a competitive six. It's not going to be, I'm just excited that I don't think this is going to be a boring final series like we've seen. Yeah, I agree. I can't. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good series. Definitely. I think we're going to see a lot, a lot of heart out of Kawhi, but is it enough to inspire those around him? Um, I, I hope so because I wouldn't mind seeing Toronto win it. I was root for the underdog right now to me, Toronto's the underdog because the Warriors have been there. They're an established team. They've already won championships. Toronto's never won one. It'd be cool to see a city that never wins one. Even though I'm not a, a fan of the state of Ohio, it was cool to see Cleveland, you know, get a championship. It was cool for those people. You know what I'm saying? Hardworking people. We're all Americans. So it would be it'd be cool to see, you know, Toronto win one. You know what I'm saying? Our, our northern brother or sister, however you want to look at it. Um, so I think it'd be cool. I think it'd really be cool for them to 
to, I hope they pull it out. I honestly hope Toronto wins. But I just I gotta I gotta go with the track record at this point. You know, I don't know which way I'm leaning. Like like you said, I still have that bias for Draymond Green. And I've said it to you before. Um, I really, I'm, I'm kind. Part of me is pulling for the the trio in Golden State of Clay and Steph and Draymond to get over uh, six rings. You know, it's kind of like surpassed Michael and the Bulls. Um, and also, I just don't like Drake like at all. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I'm happy for Toronto, but I, I could do without uh, Drake like coming up and giving the coach massages on the sideline. He he just reminds me of Kevin Hart, and not in a good way. <laughs> like he just seems annoying to me. Yeah, um, but you know, it, to me, it's like Janice it, Pumps has had a good point. You know what I'm saying? That's like that's like that's like Janice going to sit on the edge of the stage while Drake's performing, and you know hurl insults at him while he's trying to do his craft. I mean, like, like and he's like, oh, we're passionate, we're passionate fans. Yeah, but Drake, if you had a fan, right, who was interrupting your game, right, interrupting your show and getting close enough to where he's, you know, touching your sound man or touching your manager to the point where it's throwing yourself off, you know what I'm saying? They'd kick him out, wouldn't they? Security would come, rip this dude out, throw him out, and say "fuck you." You can't get your money back. Goodbye, right? Right. It, it's cool. It's it's cool if 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 you don't like a fan and get a fan gets thrown out of your place, but you go act a fool, right? And interrupt this man's craft. Now, I don't mind Drake. I like Drake, right? But I just think that right there's a double standard in in that right there because. If someone did that at a Drake concert, they'd get thrown out in a second, and Drake would have no qualms about it, right? But he he has qualms about being being told to turn it down a little bit and not get on the and not get on the not get on the court while the coaches are talking and get and, and, and talk shit in their ear. That's like a safety issue. If it's anybody else besides Drake, security's grabbing him and you're getting arrested. You know what I'm saying? Because you know the guy could have had something. I'm not saying Drake's gonna stab out the kumbo. But there's fanatics out there that would get that close and would not that get that same kind of uh, luxury of not being kicked out or, you know, prosecuted. Yeah, and um, Draymond Green said it best. You ever seen Drake play basketball? It's not good. It's not pretty. No. That's right. You know, it's, it's not. He airballed, he airballed a 20-footer, dude. That's pathetic. My kids don't even airball 20-footers. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm really excited for. Draymond versus Drake once the series shifts to Toronto. Yeah, and, and you know what? And, and, and that's and that's one and that's one fuel. That's one fire you do not want to keep fueling. Nope. Because Draymond uses that. Draymond uses that, dude. And and, and he better you better watch out what he says to Draymond and them boys, bro. You better watch out because Draymond's not gonna take it lightly. You know what I'm saying? You know, neither will Steph and neither will Clay. You know what I'm saying? Steph gets chirpy. Steph will chirp right back, dude. Mm. So it, it's it, it, it's exciting though. I'm glad Drake's there because he, he does make it a little more exciting, I gotta say. It does have that factor to it, yeah. All right, man. So what's the first show that really sticks out to you? Um out of the Disney Plus TV shows for Marvel, um, I've the one that really sticks out to me is the Hawkeye show um, because it's Jeremy Renner's last go-around as Hawkeye. Uh, so from my understanding, we're not going to see him play Hawkeye in any movies anymore. And he's going to be, like, training his protege. So it's going to actually, like, lead into something next. It's going to be moving forward. You know, it's not just there to be like, hey, remember those Marvel characters you loved? Like, well, now they're on TV. Like, it's actually, it's going somewhere. So that's probably the one that sticks out to me the most. Yeah, and like, and the editor saying that, like, he's going to be training his protege, the chick, uh, Kate Bishop, to be the next Hawkeye, you know. But I would like to see, like, maybe the first, uh, if they make it into just a one-season or two-season, I want to see a lot of what he did while he was Ronin, 
You know what I'm saying? Because, like, we didn't get to see him slaughter Yakuza or, or you know, like, take down gangsters. Like, I want to see him, <coughs> excuse me, be rolling for a little bit. Show us what he did, yeah. you know, before, you know, Natasha tracked him down and brought him, you know, back from, you know, uh, being this crazy, you know, killer Hawkeye. And then I was just a vigilante. But I want to see some of that, you know. I think that would be kind of cool, which one really stood out to me and maybe not be for reasons that a lot of, it might be a reason a lot of people want to see it is that the Loki show. Yeah. And I guess, I guess they're going to follow Loki around as he pops up during influential historical events. So I'm taking it as, as Loki is like quantum leap or something like that. And dude's just going around like messing up. Or we're just going in and being mischievous during these historical events. But what really stood out to me is that um, Michael Waldron, he's he um, he's the, the showrunner for Rick and Morty. He's writing the show. Okay. So you got the showrunner. Yes, yeah, so you got the showrunner for Rick and Morty who's writing the show. Now, I love Rick and Morty. I absolutely love Rick and Morty. I can't wait till uh, I think it's season three or four. I think it's four. It's coming out. Yeah, so. Season four. But. So, this dude, if he incorporates some of Rick and Morty into Loki, you know what I'm saying? I can see that being like a Guardians of the Galaxy or Ragnarok feat. Because, you know what I'm saying? Because when, when, when Rick goes into, you know, outer space into the galaxy, it's almost like that feel anyway. So, I, I'm really curious to see how this, this guy is going to translate his Rick and Morty writings you know, he also wrote, I believe he also wrote for the community. You watch community, right? Yeah. Which is funny. Yeah, so he wrote a little bit. Because that's where right. the Russo brothers uh, were before they were in Marvel. Right. So it's like, it's like I really want to see where this guy goes with, you know, I like, I like community. I love Rick and Morty. You know, I really want to see where this Loki show goes. It's, it's intriguing to me. That's really funny. I didn't know um, <laughs> that it was being run by him. Um, but yeah, like the other ones are like, uh, there's a vision and Scarlet Witch, uh, TV show. I don't know what that one's going to be about. And, um, then there's going to be a winter soldier and Falcon TV show. And these are all going to have, uh, like the original actors from the movies too. Um, but I, I have some concerns about like how many TV shows there are going to be starting out. Cause like, you know, there's production value to take into consideration and storylines and stuff like that. Um, so I, I wonder like how many of these shows can like successfully run for multiple seasons. Right. And you know what? I wouldn't mind if they do like a, we're doing a, um, I was reading that Falcon and Winter Soldier was just going to be a six part series. And uh, I read the article that you sent me that they're going to have Zemo and um, what, Sharon Carter, which Agent Carter's niece, yeah. you know, come back into those. It'd be cool if they do like a, like a six part se- season one, six part season two, and just end it. And then maybe they can pick up Professor Hulk or She-Hulk and do that for a few seasons and then end it. Let them run its course. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how successful that would be, but you know, at least at least they can just tell their story and then just not, you know, get caught up in all, all the you know different mythos that comes with these characters. You know, what I'm saying just kind of keep it like you saying, like a more continuity to it. Yeah, and I'll also be interested to see like how they uh, play into the movies of the MCU and the other TV shows like Agents of Shield, or if they. Uh, reference anything in like um, the ones that were just taken off of Netflix. Oh yeah, so that's, that's true. Uh, you, you know they're they're going to be either on Hulu or Disney Plus because you know Hulu just I think recently just Disney got full control of Hulu, so that's going down. You know, and we've been saying that for over a year now, ever since this whole talk about the Disney Plus and everything. So. You know, all this stuff's gonna get thrown on there. But I was also reading about the Wanda, the WandaVision one, that it was gonna be a prequel and it was gonna show what happened between Civil War and Infinity War with them two. A lot of people joke joke around and said it was gonna be a cooking show. <laughs> it's gonna be like so, romantic uh, comedy. 
<laughs> Some of the other like. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Good. No, other shows you're gonna say. I was just gonna like uh, start talking about some of the other shows that aren't Marvel related, like The Mandalorian, and um, you know some other uh, just like Disney based shows that they're gonna be having on uh, Disney Plus. Oh yeah, most definitely, man. I can't, I can't wait for, I cannot, 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 cannot wait for all the Star Wars material to just get thrown in there you know what i'm saying I, I i probably can't get enough of it you know i i love the clone wars cartoons i'm excited to see john favreau do uh his own his um take on the show yeah his own, right and it's and it's like like you said it's a mandalorian so like who doesn't like freaking bubble fat you know what i'm saying and you know and his people you know jetpacks and lasers bounty hunters you know that's cool you know and and, and and their people have a really cool story you know what i'm saying so yeah i hope they bring in i hope they bring in some of the some of the characters that were in um uh the star wars rebels cartoon because they have a few characters that are mandalorian and that and they have a big a big storyline in that too i hope they bring he brings that somewhat into the frame because i i really like the mandalorian storylines as well yeah and i was reading up on the mandalorian uh tv show it's going to be taking place like in the years following return of the jedi and uh it's going to have a lot of different directors for episodes like taika waititi who did thor ragnarok and uh, the movie What We Do in the Shadows, which is a comedy uh, that's now being turned into a show. Um, and Bryce Dallas Howard, you know, who we know as an actress from like The Village and Lady in the Water and Jurassic World. But, you know, it's also right. Howard, who's one of the most well-known directors out there. So, like, I'd be interested to see um, just like the different ways that directors take it. Well, yeah, most definitely. And like, the, and like, you know that, you know, or the world knows who listens to our podcast that we like watching those animated Batmans. You know, DC, we, we, we praise the animated section of DC. You know, maybe not the movie section, but the animated section, you know, we love. And I'm, I'm really curious to see how Marvel adds in some animated sectors into theirs. And one of the one of the one animated series I, I uh I read about, and I I think I said said something on our last podcast with uh, uh with uh fire in it that um is the Marvel What If series um oh. and that's this like you know what if what if Agent Carter took serum and you know Steve Rogers was in like a like a mech suit and you know it's, it explores that and, and that one's for sure going down because they're having uh Haley Atwell come back and voice Agent Carter for the animated series so I think that's cool that I, I hope they stick with the same actors to actually voice the animated you know parts or animated um uh parts of the movies that they're doing so I think that'd be kind of cool too I'm, I'm really curious to see how the animation the Marvel animated uh shows go yeah then there's there's just like so many different ways that they're they can go with a lot of that stuff. So, lots of interesting stuff. And I promise we're not we're not getting paid by Disney Plus to try to sell subscriptions on this podcast. So no worries. No, but if but if anybody from Disney is listening, you can pay us to uh, kick your uh, Disney Plus subscriptions around because I'm definitely getting one. You know, by that time, by by November, time November hits, there's going to be the, all the live action. We're going to probably watch like live action uh, Lion King. You know what I'm saying? There's probably like stuff on there that, you know, I'm going to tell my kids like, oh, my God, I used to watch this when I was a kid. I used to have this VHS. I don't have it anymore. You guys want to watch this movie. So I think Disney Plus, dude, like I can't get enough of it. I can't get enough of hearing such good things about it, man. And, and, and everybody in Netflix land is just shaking in their shoes, man, because they're coming they're gonna come be hard. November second, dude. You watch the stocks for Disney like shoot up, and Netflix just drop. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think that covers uh, everything we want to get to on this one. Yes, sir. Joe, have yourself a good holiday tomorrow, man. Don't barbecue too much, man. <laughs> you as well, my man. Happy Memorial Day to everybody listening. Uh, obviously, families of anybody who served. And, um, you know, we don't forget why this holiday exists.
Yes, because you guys give us our freedom so we can sit on our phones and talk about nerd stuff and sports. Thank you so much. That's right. So uh, for Beards for Radio, uh, I'm Joe. And I'm Sasha. Thanks for listening, everybody. Later, guys.